0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 148 of the MTG Grandcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. I'm Chris Castor-Apple, with me as always, Collins Mullen. Hey Collins! What's up, Chris? And Zan is here too. Hey Zan. Hello. Zan. Yeah, you can't, you can't just wave. It is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Zan is joining us from the other room where he just wrapped up a very
1: long session of PT testing. How'd that go? Uh, really well. It, it's been more about misinformation. This is this is the misinformation PT basically. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Well, you gotta.
0: You're gonna have to break that down for us. Stay tuned to discover what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about that stuff first, like the the format first, or do you want to talk about kind of your feelings about your feeling going into the tournament itself? Like, what, what are you thinking about the most right now?
1: I mean, right now, I got, like, my testing hoodie on. Like, I just haven't really changed my clothes. All I'm doing is just, like, playing Magic. Nice. I'm, I'm more thinking about the deck I'm playing and what sideboard cards I need to be preparing for. Trying to figure out, lay out what the week one meta is going to look like. Because it is a really fresh format, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not a fresh format. Yeah,
0: yeah. A weird dynamic where we've kind of shifted back into... Old standard, right before Companions, but with the new a couple of extra cards that I think have had a pretty big impact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shark Tornado. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Shark Tornado.
0: Yeah. God, I love that card. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah. Tell us what you're working on right now. What
1: is, and, and sort of, if you want to give us kind of an overview of the format too. So I'll start with the overview of the format. So basically, the bands were terrible. okay great (laughs) they just made us go back to a format that we're very familiar with Mm -hmm. where it where there was a uh like a trifecta right and the trifecta was gen cat reclamation and um this very tunable list that looks like everything that you ever, like, Mm -hmm. right, like all the Bant, Bant good stuff, Bant mid range. And
0: you can lean it as, as much towards blue white control or as much towards a ramp deck as you want to respond to stuff with. Exactly.
1: So we're like in that weird place. The only new card in the mix of all of these is Shark Typhoon, which helps you deal with Teferi because in this rock, paper, scissors, Reclamation used to just get bodied by Teferi, but that's no longer the case. So, now we're in this, like, super weird place where they're playing a bunch of Vitos. Jun is playing, like, a bunch of Duresses, and they even are playing, like, four Cinder Vines in the main. I've even seen this really wacky card. I don't know the name is of it. Is it the five mana one? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw that in a couple of five-out lists. This is the five mana. Each player discards their hand and puts that
1: many 2-2 zombies into play. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I don't know. Uh, so, I, I played that card a couple of times. It was very lackluster. Hmm. Uh. I thought it was going to be amazing. I was like, it costs five. I'm just going to play it. And then I'm going to win because I put more stuff on my board, like Cat Oven and Mm -hmm. um, the enchantment. The two-man enchantment, I cannot remember the name, Trail of Crumbs. Mm. But yeah, it it just wasn't powerful enough. I mean, Bolas' Citadel for one more mana just wins you the game instantaneously, right? Yeah. So you'd rather just be doing that.
0: Yeah, I've seen the, the Citadel list too, and that that looks like a really good place to go because you can play Hand Disruption off the top with Bolus's Citadel, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. So,
1: <laughs> with that being said, like a, this trifecta is back, so my top three decks are naturally those three decks. The fourth deck that we should mention is Mono Red, mm-hmm. uh, which always exists because Embercleave is such a powerful card. There's also Anax, but those are nothing in comparison to these other much more powerful cards like the Cat Oven. Reclamation and Teferi. Mm-hmm. Those are the pillars of the format. If what the bands should have been, <laughs> we should, they, if they got rid of Reclamation and Teferi, we would have had a fresh new format, mm-hmm. like a okay. truly new format where we were ha- all having a good time and we get to actually use these new cards. But the problem is, is that Teferi is so toxic with Elspeth Conker Death mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It It, like you can't separate, teferi and certain cards so we end up in a really weird place
0: I, I do agree that you definitely can't ban teferi and keep wilderness reclamation in the format that sounds like a disaster oh my god yeah True. yeah this the, the one card
1: keeping that deck back yeah so i deleted all my brews, which is really tough to do that's a sad time when you delete all your bruise <laughs> so the only three <laughs> decks i had left were the trifecta and then i went through all the goldfish lists, and i was like all right mono red rule, any deck that has remotely has any wins, mm-hmm. I just jammed at least five matches of each deck okay. to just get a feel for it. And it didn't matter if I went five, Oh, or whatever my record word, it was, it was how I felt like it did against the trifecta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it can't attack all three decks or at least beat the crap out of two of the decks, then it wasn't even worth considering. Right. And what I realized was gruel, very, very consistent deck. Yeah. Probably a tier one deck in most formats is not a tier one form in this format because it's so unbalanced. How so? Towards Reclamation and Teferi. Okay. And Elspeth conquers that. So you have to have a curve of one, two, three, four, which is not a good expectation to have. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right which i was you need some to... once upon a times to facilitate something like that
1: exactly which has already been banned <laughs> oh. once upon a time would have been much better and yeah, yeah. it would have been totally fine right now mm-hmm. so gruel i had to eliminate that then i went to mono Red. same story if i didn't have a good one two three i mean eros just ends up taking over the game mm-hmm. yeah yeah and cat Dunks on you. You have this cat that just won't go away. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: then right, you only have one card against that deck, and it's Embercleave, and the rest of your cards just don't do anything, do anything. at all.
1: But Embercleave yeah. is a double-edged sword because if you can also just draw too many Embercleaves, yeah. <laughs> or not enough lands, or or no Embercleaves, oh, and then you just lose. Or no Embercleaves, or your deck doesn't even look the same. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm like, after when I. The only reason why I went back to all of these decks was because of all the hype that everybody else was generating about every other deck. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now this deck is actually viable, but none of them were actually viable. It's just that in this period, people aren't testing like as much or as hard as they used to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so I feel like everybody's just saying a bunch of nonsense or they're just so unsure that they're not saying anything.
0: This is the misinformation you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is the misinformation.
1: Okay. There's a lot of misinformation. It's not all of my information to give, so I can't like be like this specific scenario because a lot of these people are on have like obligations to their team, so I can't specifically say stuff about every single person sure. that I've yeah. talked to. But nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> and everybody every good person thinks that Bant is a good duck when it's not a good deck <laughs> you're <laughs> anti-vant so what are, what are the problems that you've run
0: across with bant?
1: with bant, um you can never you don't know what the actual meta looks like because everybody's so confused so week one it's going to be you're never going to have the perfect answers right if you don't have okay. the right amount of cards against aggro you will never draw them especially if you're playing the 80 card version with yoria but if you're not playing the 80 card version then you've automatically put yourself in a Bad spot against reclamation and Bant because uh, with reclamation the the way at least the way I've been building it I've been consistently milling out the sixty card version Whoa. of Bant. so like <laughs>
0: it, are you are you doing that with like explosions or
1: uh, I'm doing it with a, a combination of things but I would say the biggest thing is they end up having. Like, one of their biggest engines is Tamiya. And Tamiya ends up milling them up faster than you are. And then you can also just mill them out for those last 15 cards with Explosion. Sure, sure, yeah. I found Um, that
0: Bant often finds itself at, like, 30 life if you're not protecting their life total. You can't
1: actually kill them. You actually just mill them. (laughs) So it's (laughs) getting really weird. But every single person has this notion that Teemer Reclamation is a trap. So they're not adjusting that Mm deck, which is which is odd to me um, because I I, I felt like right after the ban, like
0: going into it, the consensus was, well, Wilderness Reclamation is clearly the best card in Standard now. And I think that that was true for a while and it became like so much the consensus that like everybody kind of like overreacted to it. And that's why people started calling it a trap once they like tried testing it and maybe didn't have initial success. <laughs> they, they weren't winning 90% of their matches immediately. <laughs> sure. What
1: ended up happening was, similar. I was part of that group that was like, all right, Team of is the best deck. I'm going to play some really ca- really good cards, mm-hmm. like main deck Vidos. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right? Like main deck Vidos, main deck Aethergust, main deck Mystical Dispute. Actually just two, two, two. And in Evan's case, two Wilts yeah <laughs> solid <laughs> i was just like oh my god this is gonna be brutal right but i what i came to find was people instead of trying to adjust that deck to these things they just let go of it and started trying to be part of that so what i did was uh i went back to an old version of team erect that i that collins and i actually played oh yeah which was a creature version love that deck but not purely creature the one card that we love is um the wolf Nightpack yeah. Night pack ambush?er Night pack
0: But I'm assuming Frilled mystic didn't quite make it. Oh no! Yeah,
1: yeah. Field mystic is well. The thing is, <laughs> it's been replaced by shark typhoon. <laughs> well, the problem is, Frilled mystic has been mainly replaced by the three mana counter spell that can cycle, neutralize. neutralize. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And the reason why that's the real replacement for mm-hmm. field mystic is because that it, it it can cycle and it has it has utility when. That have a to Teferi mm-hmm. and Frilled Mystic when a Teferi is around, a 3 2 body is not gonna cut it right now. when you've cashed it
0: during your main phase and hope that that does it, and then they're just like, All right, I guess Elspeth conquers Death that or something. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: it, that, right. that's also just a downside. And <laughs> it, the
0: mana difference um, is pretty huge. Like, you know, if you're on the play, you can hit a Teferi with a, a um, yeah,
1: and main deck Aether Gust, um, is another problem. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right? Okay. Like, people are playing more Gust, and it being able to be hit right is is huge mm-hmm. and six mana is really key in my in my mind especially in a lot of these matchups when people are playing main deck mystical disputes it's like the old days when we used to play around mana league right mm-hmm. so yeah. you, like you're just like thinking okay six mana now i can finally resolve the teferi so it's just important to know what turn your opponent is going to try to jam because mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this how important teferi is right but it's weird uh since we have shark typhoon you have this. These weird battles where I'm just counting, counting uh teferis. Honestly, I'm thinking I'm gonna have a notepad right next to me, and I just like tick down Teferis and tick down like Tamias and Elspeth conquers that. It's like so important because like every time I like look through, it's so much time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> time management is huge. It even though I've been playing seventeen hours for seventeen hours, I don't think the my ma- match sample size reflects that because each match goes so long and Mm -hmm. i am generally a slow player but both players are getting down to one minute Mm -hmm. wow which and these are 25 minutes each right Mm -hmm.
0: so so do you do you expect that to be like a really big factor come tournament day oh yeah you expect expect a lot of matches to come to
1: timing i think that mono red and green red are still going to do well because of uh, finish their matches because of fatigue yeah okay interesting evan and i were burnt out yesterday every match was so close and both of us were like we've been playing we played three matches and it's been three hours
0: geez wow. that's crazy yeah so and y'all are playing like team Rec versus band mostly
1: and jun cat and jun cat oh yeah. man yeah, did, yeah. Did them, did them. <laughs> all three of those decks uh-huh. but that's the trifecta yeah right, yeah. right. I mean, for sure you got to do it yeah
0: at least, yeah, the, the like, Spell deck versus Jund Cat, like, those are still pretty long matches. Those are, like, the shortest ones out of all those three is because, <laughs> like, you can sweep them and then maybe they give up eventually. But, mm-hmm. like, the other ones just take for because it's all answers in every deck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I do want to state is me saying a deck is bad is with a grain of salt because there are so many versions of that same deck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, banned... Can be categorized in other formats as maybe four to five other decks, four or five different decks. Mm-hmm, interesting, because of how many forms it can take. Yeah, so yeah. like, like I have no doubt that some form of Bant is going to do well. Yeah. But being able to predict that, honestly, you're playing the lotto, or you're just a god. Right. Right. It <laughs>
0: sounded like your your main criticism of Bant was just like it's there's no way that you're getting like the last twenty cards. You're rolling the dice there because you don't know exactly how the meta is going to break down.
1: And that that may be the reason why you should be thinking about playing the second week. And that's the yeah. reason why I've been having a really internal struggle. Because I'm generally a person, when there's a fresh format, wants to play week one. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's really not a fresh format. Sure. So I'm like, should I be playing week two? Because then I could probably be considering playing Bant because mm. people will use those results and that's how... Right, target a metagame. Exactly. Okay. And we love doing that. Oh, yeah. That's our, that's our whole thing.
0: Right, right. Taking the decks that did well, then the decks that people will play to beat the decks that did well, and now you know what you have to beat. Exactly.
1: But I like fresh formats more than...
0: yeah. Me <laughs> I mean, this is really yeah. weird, though, because there's a difference between a format that's fresh because a new set came out and a format that's fresh because, like, cards got taken out of the format. Like, there's no new tools to explore. It's just kind of, like, retreading and seeing which of the old tools, like, still stand up. And it's, you know, a lot of the stuff didn't actually gain anything from the ban. It's just, okay, maybe now that these powerful decks are less powerful, this is good enough. But that's just not going to be true for a lot of decks. Yeah
1: it could have been true right like mutate is so close mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so close yeah but teferi and wreck needed to go yeah if those two cards left we would be seeing all of these new cards in play mm-hmm. but that was a choice <laughs> that was not up to us like i totally this pt could have been one of the best pts in terms of seeing these new cards sure in action it was it was a choice of not wanting to ban that the cards it would take Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't mutate on stuff when you can bounce it with Teferi. <laughs> or <laughs> Elspeth Conquers... Like, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, all right, I can't kill this guy. And then right. when I mutate it, I'm like, oh, Elspeth Conquers, that works now. Amazing. Well, yeah.
0: That's quite the dynamic, for sure. So you are... Do you want to talk about what you're really leaning into now?
1: Yeah. I mean, rec, team of rec, it's mm-hmm. the best deck. It's just that... Uh, you just have to think about every time a deck takes a pivot, can you take that deck and make another pivot? I do think that I'm on its last pivot, pivot one of its last pivots, because Teamer doesn't have the depth. And the only other thing I could think of is if I wanted to take Teamer and make it four-color because the format became a rec format. And that would be to So last... you want to
0: add Teferi into your reclamation deck.
1: Exactly. But the format isn't there exactly yet because... Mm-hmm these aggro decks decks are still so prevalent
0: right it could be pretty punishing to add that extra color when you're shocking yourself like 20 percent more or whatever
1: exactly but yeah i mean it's it's all exciting stuff the most important decision for you to do well in this tournament is should i play week one or should i play week two gotcha
0: yeah yeah and it definitely sounds based on what you're talking about that like bant might have a poor performance week one because people haven't tuned it well but then it could have a big resurgence on week two yeah and come back and i mean i I think it's really likely that somebody who guessed right with Bant will do really you know a couple of people will because if you just get it right for that tournament whether it's out of luck or you are just a mad genius like you can build it to beat basically any metagame
1: yeah i mean it's all about what you're willing to lose to Mm -hmm. and that's just like more of a mental battle but if you're thinking if you want to play Bant and you're like hard stuck on Bant, i'm telling you right now just play week two because most of us do not have the resources to figure it out, yeah. And I believe I don't have the resources, and I. Right. Know and you a just tested people. for seventeen hours, so.
0: <laughs> right? And I know a lot of people too, right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, for sure. That's that is strange that the the key decision for this tournament is like a decision that you've never had to make before <laughs> for any like you that you don't have any experience making this decision.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I don't think many people are thinking about it honestly.
0: It kind of reminds me of like some people talking about flying to japan for the japan PT when they did that like series or yeah. whatever but that was you know but there was so much other cost to that yeah yeah exactly yeah. right <laughs> very very different than just playing a different at-home tournament <laughs>
1: i can tell you that you're in a different mental state when you fly to japan Like, oh yeah yeah it, the, the, the jet lag alone will destroy you right right oh yeah but yeah no, you I gotta remember. give yourself a couple of weeks yeah you gotta like fly in and be like all right i'm gonna be here for like two weeks understand everything i need to understand take care of my basic needs and then i can play magic
0: right but this this decision is just a free roll either way it's Mm -hmm. like you have to choose one or the other and they're at at least as far as those you know inherent costs go. they're exactly the same yeah god yeah what a strange dynamic and i wonder because the other thing that's determined by that is how many people are deciding for one versus the other and which of the best players are deciding for one versus the other and that's it, that also impacts just the the strength of your opposition.
1: My guess is the better players are going to want to be playing week one mm-hmm. because I think they're going to have the initial approach I had. Mm-hmm. Less information is better for me. But I do think that like we're getting to a point where um, making the right play is less important to this tournament. It's more about deck selection. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: think... And timing. Yeah, I, I think I, at, at that
0: point... Yeah level of play like deck selection has always been like Mm -hmm. you know we love to talk about like taking perfect lines and making sure that your your play is as tight as possible but you know if you're playing the wrong deck yeah it doesn't it just doesn't matter anymore
1: i really think that your deck is either gonna feel like butter or it's gonna feel like uh you're trying to cut through and rock (laughs) (laughs) goodness yeah yeah Yeah. well oh there's only a couple of options for decks that, that you've identified so like, yeah, I mean the la- the other problem is the ladder isn't a good representation of the meta game. Definitely, it's really it's really messed up right now, especially because the free accounts that they gave people to play in this tournament start from bronze. Mm-hmm. So it like so there's people testing for the PT.
0: At every point in the ladder. At every point point in the ladder. They should (laughs) have... Amazing. They
1: all should have started in a Mythic or Diamond. Mm -hmm. Probably Mythic. So, everybody that has only 10 days to test... Yeah. How many days... You don't have to
0: grind up through Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum. Yeah, that (laughs) takes a long time.
1: (laughs) Honestly, I've been stuck in Platinum. Not Mm -hmm. because I've been losing so much. It's because... When I when I discovered, I was like, oh, I'm I can just win with Wilderness Reclamation as much as I, as long as I just keep playing. Mm-hmm. And then I then I was like, but I need to try all these decks because everybody's like, oh, this, this deck may be good, this deck may be good, or all these decks suck, and I'm like, you you haven't tested enough to know that I have to go out and feel it out myself. Mm-hmm. So then I lost a whole bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm uh and then i'm now i just got to diamond and then i'm like all right i I know i can make mythic now that i'm like more solidified but it was like you know to take care of um you just gotta cover your bases exactly yeah and there's also you know you
0: mentioned earlier the difficulty in just like choosing the cards to put in your deck and I, th- I think a lot of that is probably because of the gap in which cards are good versus Jun Sacrifice versus which cards are good versus the two blue decks. Like, every card that's good against Jun Sacrifice is, like, blank against the two blue decks, except for Gust, pretty much. And, and Gust isn't that good against Sacrifice.
1: It's not. It's really not. I mean, the to give you, an uh, like, in, in, like, the reason why this is so difficult is because... If you just think about the card, uh, Scorching Dragonfire, do you know how many versions of that card you can play? Like, there's Fire Prophecy, there's Bone Crusher Giant, there's Omen of the Forge, there's. Then you can just like go into another color. Let's say you're playing Jeskai, right? You you can be playing the white enchantment that exiles Last casket. Yeah. But then you know, then you're just like, okay, so which one is actually correct? Mm-hmm. Um, does instant speed matter? Or does it not matter that much? Does but targeting
0: if... a planeswalker matter? Exactly, yeah.
1: it's so much. It's so much information, and making the wrong call on that card can cost you. Mm. Is costing people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think that that like your your core like utility spells when you have so many different options. If you have an unknown metagame, that can be a really really tough call. That's that's a thing that often drives people and has often driven me in the past to just like take the most assertive deck. Mm-hmm. that i possibly can which is probably in this meta not mono red it would probably be i just want to play like four Korvolds or something like that
1: oh yeah uh, sick Korvold so, I mean, is sick i love that card but that's another problem that i've been having is like all right i'm like thinking okay so if john cat is one of my considerations do you know what one mana spell deals with corvold
0: red cap melee yeah red
1: cap melee it's because it's a 4-4 it feels like a
0: 13-13 but it's a 4-4
1: it comes in out as a 4-4 and it one mana is really easy for you to keep up up. yeah Yeah. right and then it also hits it hits the two most important cards in that matchup while giving you the option of uh, sacking a land which is sometimes a good thing when you need to bring back earth sure so there's so much to consider is driving me insane but like every time you look at a list all of them have like only Scorching Dragonfire, and I'm like, why is nobody playing Redcap? Red Cap is cost one mana and it comes up so often that you only have one mana. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean and it, the tournament is open deckless, so you will know if they have if they are bringing in red cap melees, and so you can, you know, hold off on your Corvald until you can sacrifice in response or something like that. Yeah. So that's it certainly provides a level of play that you don't necessarily get on ladder. The conversation shouldn't just be about like what is hitting coral. Like, like your point is that like there's so many options for these things that even the the tactic of like I'm gonna take an assertive deck. Well, you can run into somebody who's running the right answers for your assertive deck, and then you didn't you didn't you you missed exactly the way you would miss if you played four dovens Vetoes and then played against a creature deck. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Yeah, I mean I've definitely experienced that because the answers are so like polar, mm-hmm. and uh, they sometimes don't line up like right now my deck would probably like even though blue white is considered an easier deck to beat for me mm-hmm. it would probably be harder for me to beat just because i have some polar answers in my deck now right like aether Gus deals with mm-hmm. Earl nice. but it it's it, nothing it's in not good against blue white <laughs> but blue white itself is just a, 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 a like if you played against a normal version of wreck blue white would struggle way more than uh, than bant would in, mm-hmm. gen, in like in overall but now that we're like okay i need to add either gust because john cat and bant are the primary ones not blue white so it could be possible that blue white ends up dominating and people just go like oh yeah blue white was the right call the whole time but that's just impossible to know because right. it was it's all these like tiny decisions there's a
0: lot of options. Even if you are just blue-white, like, there's a lot of ways to build that as well. Yeah. Like, I think Brazen Borrower is really, really good. You need it to protect yourself from Sharks so that you can keep Teferi in play. Uh, but, like, that's level level one. Like, we gotta change blue-white and put Brazen Borrowers in there. And then after that, there's still, like, a ton of options. How many Aether Gusts and Mystical Disputes do we main deck? How heavy do we go on Dovin's Vetoes? Like, is two drop that makes a wall and wrath enough to protect me from the creature decks well probably not from jun food like you <laughs> yeah. need more stuff yeah yeah so, i'm mean, hard to know
1: yeah i mean like we're going so deep as we're playing heliod's thing intervention intervention
0: yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah that one's pretty good right now
1: the other card Yorion, is huge right in the blue eyed deck the being like adding the 20 cards it doesn't usually impact that many things but one thing that it does impact a lot is counter spells mm-hmm. like because they're so
0: specific yeah
1: and removal spells too counter spells and removal spells are really like both like as specific as each other right now mm-hmm. right like like i described like glass casket versus fire prophecy delvin's veto versus mystical dispute you know like there's, They all have like very specific taglines, but they're just so powerful in the mana that they cost and sure. how they do against specific decks.
0: I have liked the look of the 80-card blue-white decks that I've seen that have Thirst for Meaning in them, Ooh. because that lets you go through a little faster, so it makes you a little denser on my planeswalker elspeth conquers death dream trawler like package and then also just you can toss away the counter spells and the matchups where the counter spells are bad
1: i like thirst a lot too but when you're when you're playing thirst and you're like i need some type of graveyard synergy Mm -hmm. and those decks aren't getting graveyard synergy it's so the three spot is so yeah it is it's so full the biggest problem i find in like band and blue white is not having anything in one and two Mm -hmm. and that's the only reason why the aggro decks get to have this like free realm right right so like it it, like someone i i just wish there was a tournament before this first week (laughs) that's just like something to put yeah just an open or something it doesn't i just want people to have like in their mind like okay this deck is good like i mean like we got a little bit right there was a tournament last weekend there's uh, the mocks. The, oh sure. The mox qualifiers. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. No, what is it called? The showcase. Mm-hmm. Showcase okay. qualifier.
0: And what what are the did you I'm sure you looked at those. What is it?
1: Yeah, I mean it said Team of Reclamation did the best. Oh, it was one of the top decks. Okay. Gen Cat did really well. Bant did really bad. It did it did similar to what I was predicting, but I but then again, like, you know, if other people look at Bant, they're like, okay, people didn't build their decks, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not under uh, like I know that if if it's like built correctly, that it'll end up in the right spot. But will it be built correctly? I don't. That that tournament certainly didn't define a meta game. Sure. It wasn't large enough, I guess.
0: Yeah. No. No. I think that that is one of the things that that we miss by not having opens and stuff is just like you need a couple hundred people to really like feel like we're getting close to the amount of matches that needed to get played to to learn something from a tournament.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The community part is missing from Magic right now right so that's that's the part Mm -hmm. that as uh uh, as a pro like pro player i could take advantage of what the community deems best yeah and we just don't have a consensus right right.
0: because like nobody like the people don't care about standard right now (laughs) like the only people that are really looking at standard are the people who are about to play in this this pt so (laughs) you know maybe a whole podcast episode talking about standard is not (laughs) but it's You know, it's definitely the most relevant thing, and, and, you know, we hopefully will get some results from that and see what Standard turns into. Yeah, and, you know, there's some, like, online PTQs and stuff. Yeah. There's some things. I mean... There's LCQs this week, too, so, you know, it's worth talking about it for sure.
1: I mean, this PT is going to define a lot of different things, right? Like, how tournaments should be run. Yeah. online tournaments should be run
0: true um and oh dylan's mentioning the the red bull events uh and that cat and Rec did there as well and there was some blue white that did well so. oh blue
1: white did well okay yeah. sick yeah i mean blue white is more focused naturally mm-hmm. than Bant is right this band can even play like cards like nissa and hydrod crisis right like Basically, you
0: can really screw up your deck playing that because you have so many good cards that aren't good in certain metagames. Right, exactly. I heard that Hydro Crisis is certainly one of those at the moment.
1: Yeah, like it's, like every time I play against them, I'm like, all right, like, am I bored differently? They're playing Hydro Crisis. A lot of them are playing Hydro Crisis. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised Blue-White did well. It Probably the biggest reason why Blue-White did better than Bant is Brazen Bar. They can mm-hmm. much more easily play two to four brazen borrowers and that's like obviously impactful right now when everybody's trying to play a bunch of shark tiffins hey
0: and that's a two it really helps your curve out you get a thing on two and then you get to wrath or whatever
1: yeah nice can you guys imagine how busted that card would be if you could bounce your own stuff (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean
0: unreal i thought you were gonna say if you could block with it which also would be completely oh, yeah. unreal yeah <laughs> right? that yeah. would be that would be awesome <laughs> it was so close to just being the best at everything but and it still is just like completely i don't know it and and you know what, it never feels like unfair mm-hmm. it, it's very very good but you're rarely like god brazen borrower just like why would they print that like it's a pretty reasonable card to yeah. exist yeah. It, de-
1: it it. definitely deserves an award for being well designed hmm like, you know, like the community should come together and be like, all right, these are the five cards from this set that we deem like such like excellence in, uh, in, design. in, in magic design, in, in magic design. <laughs> yeah. We would like you to do this over again. We don't <laughs> care. Do this as many times as you want. Don't right. do, don't go past this. Right. <laughs> also the art's beautiful in the other version too. The, the showcase one. Yeah. yeah. It's a very cool it's looking so card. Cool. Solid. Definitely.
0: Honestly. Like, adventure creatures generally are, like, kind of the the bright spot in Standard and have been since Eldraine came out, for me at least. Yeah.
1: Teamer Adventures, super fair deck that Mm -hmm. makes everybody feel very satisfied with the decisions they make. Because they make twice the decisions with the same card. Nice. (laughs) I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really cool stuff. And none of the adventure cards. Like, even, like, Bonecrusher Giant, obviously powerful, but it's not, like... Backbreaking, unbeatable anything like that it's like oh you know you got some card advantage you played a slightly like weirdly inefficient like it's still big for three mana but it's not a creature that would normally see play in standard i don't know
1: yeah it's so fair it makes you feel good yeah
0: yeah so (laughs) you know continue to give a plus to the adventure creatures like a (laughs)
1: plus
0: mechanic that i would like like to see again it's It's such such a specific thematic concept though like it's so tied into like the storybook thing Mm -hmm. but there's no reason that Creatures in the Magic the Gathering fantasy world can't go on adventures. Yeah, some other adventures. It's fine. Right. I just wonder how many good designs there are. I mean, it's just spell plus creature, so it can't be that. Yeah. like there's got to be a lot of cool ones
1: as long as none of them start with once upon a time <laughs> <Yes>. well <laughs> right that was
0: its own thing that has nothing to do with adventure creatures <laughs> i know i just
1: don't want that adventure to start with the same thing. <laughs> uh yeah, I, yeah. yeah that story <laughs> yes right we
0: don't want to tell stories <laughs> that way yes instead we got phasing <laughs> we did and we are going to talk about some of these spoiled cards <laughs> when we're done talking about standard for today
1: yeah uh yeah, we gotta talk about phasing. That that stuff is hilarious. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. They didn't um, bring back phasing. Yeah. All they brought back,
0: I think, was just phasing something out. Yeah. So you're never gonna cast like you know. Here's my three mana six six that I have to wait several turns to attack with <laughs> right. because it has phasing. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. I also like the the fact that they're using the word mill.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, Very powerful that. stuff.
1: Nice. Um. I. I. I learned magic in such a weird way. It was very isolated and by my, like, uh, I'm just going to repeat the same thing, uh, by myself. Yeah, yeah. And that, when I started playing magic with actual people, it was, mill was one of those words that I felt was like, (laughs) like, not inclusive, you know? Sure. In in a weird way. People are starting to talk gibberish at me, and I know what it means.
0: (laughs) It's slang that you're not introduced to if you weren't playing with, like, you know, fourth edition millstones and unsleeved decks when you were a kid or something like that
1: yeah it was just like part of like the presence of magic you're like oh crap i i didn't realize this was called mill it doesn't say that on any card
0: yeah but it's so like we need a short term for puts the top x cards of their library into their grave like what a mouthful that is and and so we always say mill because you never want to say that yeah like it takes so long so it it is really nice to have it as a term within the game yeah i
1: really appreciate stuff like that because you know i mean our game will die if you don't continue to get new players who and even though like i just want that intimidating magic factor to go away yeah
0: yeah yeah no i feel that definitely and it's hard though because like you know this conversation that we've been having like for somebody who just picked up a deck a couple of weeks ago like that would all just be in code still (laughs) you know Right. So there's, like, no matter what you do, like, there's just levels of conversation that are inaccessible until you've reached a certain point in your magic
1: experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt that feeling again this past weekend. Yeah? uh, When we uh, opened the Gloomhaven box. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or everything
0: is just a a mystery until you sort of, like, start getting through it. You really got to cipher through it. I, I feel good about it afterwards, though, you know? It's just like, it only took one session, I feel like I can... Yeah, I can no, figure sure. most of it out. Yeah, we were yeah. we were coming up with plans and like backstabbing each other a little bit and yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Put just putting things together—it's really fun. Just gloomhaven things. The next day, as I was driving to work, I was like thinking about my scoundrel and like like stuff that I could pull off with it and like how I wanted to upgrade going forward and stuff. So, All right. you know, I, it's definitely definitely got in my head a little bit so that's not for
1: sure i can just clearly imagine making a, a clone of myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah.
0: that's awesome somebody in the chat asked uh any opinions on teamer adventures in the present metagame Zan, I'll, I'll defer to you but my feeling is i've never beaten a resolved mayhem devil with team or adventures so mm. it seems kind of like a no-go to me
1: no i completely agree with you um i played that deck for like two hours and i was like why am i doing this mm. the format's still way too powerful for it
0: yeah interesting yeah yeah reclamation is hard too for for team or adventures so yeah. that's they like just... go over the top
1: i wish like Teamer adventures is basically the approach wizards should have taken they should have like looked at a deck like that and been like look how fair and fun and interactive this deck makes magic seem if this deck is playable We've done our job right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's so wildly unplayable <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> means yeah. something isn't wrong. Yeah. So yeah, again. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean the up.
0: the one like kind of not cool thing about Teamer Adventures is there's some problem with the design of Edgewall Innkeeper and to a lesser extent with Lucky Clover where it's just, like, so cheap and early and, like, uninteractable. It like, there's no way to punish an edgewall innkeeper. Right. And it's just sitting there and will give you card advantage. There's nothing you can do about it. The best that your opponent can hope for is that they have a two-mana removal spell for your one-mana creature.
1: Well, uh, well, let's just say I would be so much happier to be trying to deal with edgewall innkeeper. Right, than
0: than playing these, like... I know you have to ferry. I can't do anything. We have to sit around until like we can battle like these just yeah. like drawn out sweats.
1: There is a one mana that's red, black uh, hybrid for one mana. Oh, yeah. Deal one and deal one to their face. And you can pay four mana to make them discard two and deal mm-hmm. three, I think. Yep. Or two. Mm-hmm. That's as close to a punish as you can get for edge and Keeper. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, if that was my goal... <laughs> right. We have the deal, card. <laughs> we we got the cards. We got Deadweight. Sure. We, we, we're the, the problem
0: is, like... <laughs> You know, and, and, and you know, obviously, like, the fact that there is just, like, really good answers to Teamer Adventures that screw it up means this isn't a serious problem. But, you know, loading your deck up with spot removal spells is a great way to lose against Teamer Adventures, so. <laughs> no, for sure, no. But, like, I just wish that was the problem. Right. I, it's just... solvable in a way that, like, is a fun interactive magic.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are, like, giving us problems that can be dealt with with the tools that you provide us Mm -hmm. is the part of magic that I find so enjoyable. You feel like a detective. And when you uncover the case, you're rewarded by winning a tournament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And right now there's no case to solve because it's just the same thing for the past year. Mm -hmm. Right. It's too many powerful cards that have to get banned. And sometimes they're unwilling to ban and lock up the right amount of cards so, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm also pretty okay with Jun Food being a good deck. Like, that, yeah. that one kind of plays on axes that are, like, pretty fun to interact with. There's just, like, a level of weirdness that Wilderness Reclamation introduces to the format. And the fact that, like, pure aggro gets punished so hard by a lot of the cards that we have, that means that a card like Elspeth Conquers Death just is good against every deck in the format. Mm-hmm. And so then that, like... Makes a bunch of cards illegal to play because Elspeth Conqueror's death is so good against anything.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that card. Like, I just don't fundamentally understand Elspeth Conqueror's death. That card, like, they were they saw Eldest Reborn and they were like, "This card is fair." It saw a good amount of play. It was D's plus unlimited. Yeah, it was good. But Elspeth Conqueror's death, even in limited, was unbeatable. Right, like, (laughs) but there were only cards that were. <laughs> so there
0: should be decks in standard that elspeth Conqueror's death is actively bad against right and that would be the solve for that card if there's just like oh crap i'm playing as mono red and i have these four elspeth conquers deaths in my deck
2: mm-hmm.
0: like that that would change the dynamic yeah. but it's just that you want to draw elspeth Conqueror's death against everything in the format right you Get just your annex. <laughs> right you just don't want to draw three against Teamer wreck but yeah. like you can maneuver one or two to be good mm-hmm.
1: well uh, a way they could have just easily fixed this from, like, another approach is not make the mana so good, right? Like, if Elspeth Conqueror's death was, like, reserved for two-color decks because the mana was bad or, mm-hmm. like, worse, then, like, blue-white would be the only deck playing it, which would mean that teemer right. Adventures is a good deck.
0: Right. Like, Bant should have a separate identity from blue-white. Like, there should be cards that you can play in blue-white that you can't really pull off in Bant. But yeah. that's just not how it is.
1: Why can you play this green, green, blue value monster in your Elspeth Conquers Death to Fairy? Yeah, we got green, green, blue,
0: blue, <laughs> white, white. Like we we can play Narset on three if we want to play that card. Like it's just too much. <laughs> it's too easy. If, it's too easy. If Elspeth Conquers Death was triple white, do you think that would have solved the problem? No, or, quadru- is there mana, or It mana needed still. to be quad, <laughs> quad, yeah, white. one and
1: four white. Elspeth <laughs> Conquers Death seems like a. F- pretty good card it would cease a still a crap ton of play and it would be reserved for one specific deck
0: Ooh, devotion
1: would love that yes it <laughs> would. the pioneer
0: so we need worse mana and we need better mana right we need more lands for aggressive decks that are not as good in you know decks casting five mana spell five mana plus spells like The the imbalance between we have as many dual lands as you could possibly want, but only if you're fine skipping a turn or two in the beginning of the game, like really hurts. Like, I've never missed fast lands like this much. It just feels like, God, we just need
1: something like that. I mean, just to give you a perspective on how powerful the format is Rampaging (laughs) for We just take that card and put it in the standard format with the red land that you can sack for four mana. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And mono Red's great. It's still it it still might be
1: be the fourth best deck. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) It's ridiculous.
0: I mean Frostadon only got banned because they were like we wanna because they wanted token strategies to be playable. None of those are playable in this like that didn't like, help. That Shatter the sky
1: expansion explosion meta game, anyway. So <laughs> it just made that format all Team energy. Yeah. <laughs> Every all we were doing, uh, Collins and I were testing so hard for that invitational. Yeah, and what was that. the result? We
0: played played teamer energy. We
1: all just played different versions of teamer energy. Yeah, yeah. I played Yuya's version with mm-hmm. uh, Scare Oh With Scarecrow, I remember
0: that. Well, game. and to be clear, that was before the the Ferocidon ban. But that was like, yeah, the the token
1: deck didn't was oh, supposed yeah, was. to like
0: beat energy but just kind of nothing beat energy so right.
1: there was only one person who could win with that deck with the token deck yep his name was Zach Keeney. oh Zach. oh yeah yeah <laughs> he's the only person he
0: never like <laughs> it wasn't just that he like won with it he couldn't lose with it yeah
1: i it mean he crazy. made the mythic Invitational with that deck mm-hmm and uh in a terrible format for it <laughs> i don't know how. wasn't i don't know oh yeah and I,
0: he definitely explained to me many times about how goblin chain whirler was not good against that deck <laughs> it was just like well you know zach you beat it every time and you're the only one that i ever see beat it so
1: i was in a hangout with them many times for many hours and i was like there must be something zach is doing that i'm not doing mm-hmm. and he. It was just, like, straightforward play after straightforward play. Every time I'm like, Zach, you're dead, he goes, flowers, whatever, (laughs) kill you for exact I'm like, bro, the only difference between me and you in that scenario was that I can't draw the flowers. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So I don't get what I'm missing. Yeah, I I had a similar moment. I think at an invitational, when I just, like, walked over to watch one of his games, I was like, Zach, I can't believe you're playing green-white. And then he just has 26 power I'm in play on turn four and I'm like okay I guess like this makes sense I've never done that with green white but <laughs> uh, oh my goodness so that's standard I guess yeah and and old standard too. yeah, <laughs> yeah we covered a lot really of really standards old standards just then um yeah so you're you're leaning towards wreck with nightpack ambusher right now that seems yeah. to be the best way to attack stuff
1: yep uh, and, and if you want a sideboard guide for it you know where to go I'm not going to say anything more. It's all right. Everybody knows. Everybody knows where to go for that. It's the
0: Lotus Box Patreon. Should <laughs> yeah. sure. we spend some time talking about some spoilers? Yeah, spoil me. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do it. Spoil me, daddy. Spoil <laughs> um that's the new that's gonna be our new segment (laughs) on the podcast for when we do spoilers (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna have to like record like a you know a pre-recorded sound intro for that and then stick that in when we transition to the spoiler section
1: i I I request i request ccr (laughs) do (laughs) it
0: great um i do want to mention and people have brought this up on twitter and i agree completely it is very awkward having a set that's like full of reprints on Mm. arena and in particular, like having a cycle of rare dual lands that's already in standard, everybody already owns 20 of these. And yeah. then you can just open them and you don't get wild card progression. Like, they don't get. Like, it doesn't count you as ha- owning them already. You just open four more temples of whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, not great. So. That is pretty awkward, and it would be really nice if they could look into fixing that. Because you know, multiple more copies, especially with the same art, like just really hurts to open. You know, yeah, uh, it, it's hard it, enough to to grind out uh, wild cards, anyways. Yeah. Like, you know, what we, does it we're we're cost
1: them art? to get new art?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's probably one of the like more in depth parts of the process. But it could have
1: been like an online thing, right?
0: I mean, I think it's mostly just that, like I. Once I have my four temples of abandon, like, I don't want any more on Arena. No, of course. I I really, like, just don't. And I would like for them to not be opened in future packs. So, like, you know, I'm not going to open very much of this core set. I'm just going to craft the cards that I need and then, you know, actually open packs of the set after that, probably. You know, it it just isn't efficient to open packs at all.
1: What really hurts is when you. Are like opening like 20 packs and you have majority of the set and it's just giving you like half the gems back. Mm-hmm. That hurts me. Like, <laughs> just lighting half your money on fire. It's <laughs> like, all right, so you're just gonna show me, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, lighting my stuff on fire.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get into a, a decent holding pattern where I mostly get packs from playing Limited and then whenever any set comes out, I have enough wild cards that I can play the new decks that i want to try out and then play limited to like build up wild cards for the next set basically is kind of the place that i'm trying to get to but it's not super sustainable and i still definitely end up spending gems to get fewer gems <laughs> right anyways spoilers yeah first up we have a card that is unplayable in a world of elspeth Conquers death so we've got elder gargaroth three green green <laughs> For a six-six vigilance reach trample, whenever it attacks or blocks, choose one. Create a three-three green beast creature token. You gain three life. Draw a card. It's amazing how much text is on this card. How gigantic it is, and like unbeatable it looks. And then how poorly it like compares to Uro, and how bad it is in an Elspeth Conqueror's Death meta
1: game. Yeah, this card's horrible.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, the card is, like, in a vacuum, pretty good. Right. So 5-mana, not... 6-6, six, six, it's got a lot of text on it. Whenever it attacks or blocks, it does something. Like, all those are, like, traditionally yeah. pretty good, but it's just not... It's just going to get bounced by Teferi or killed by Elspeth Conquer stuff.
1: Yep. I mean, honestly, this card makes no sense to me because, first of all, all, all the answers are so good against it in Constructed, mm-hmm. and then Limited is just one of those cards that just makes you feel bad that your opponent pulled it oh yeah it's it's just like playing against Uro all over again except for it's easier to cast than Uro in limited
0: yeah it will see some amount of play in standard like if at some point there are any green decks without blue like it's obviously very good against on board creature decks if you cast cultivate into this against like mono red like they're in a lot of trouble so like it will see some play but like it it looks so pushed and it feels like an example of power creep, but it's going to see like pretty limited play, it feels like.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a good sideboard card.
0: Yeah. yeah. So this other card, um, I'll read this one because I know the text and it is not in English. Okay. Uh, so this is, I, I don't remember what it's called, but it is 3 and 2 blue for a 3-3 three, three flying prowess when it enters the battlefield. Scry 2, and if you've cast an instant or sorcery spell, it costs 2 and a blue less to cast if you cast an instant or sorcery this turn. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So so it'll cost one and, and a one blue. One blue if you've cast an instant or sorcery. Spell. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's interesting. The main thing I want to do is go turn two metamorphos. Cast this. Yeah. Sure. I want to get probe into this. Well, that's not allowed <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> I'm dreaming big. All right. So um, one and a blue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So okay. So if you've cast another instant, I-, I I think that's a cool design for mm-hmm. sure. Do you know its creature type? Oh, I, it's probably like an elemental or something. I don't okay. think it's a useful creature. Though. I was hoping it was a phoenix because oh, you might be excited. No, it's blue. I'm pretty into a storm, a storm bird. Yeah, sort okay, of thing, yeah. Huh? That's it's your it's your theme,
1: yeah, for sure. It's like a Articuno with Zapdos mm-hmm. combined.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it definitely looks like an elemental. We're getting confirmation in the chat. Yeah, it's also called uh, Stormwing's presence. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, seems cool. I, it's just like really hard for that archetype to come together in standard these days of just like the spells archetype right so yeah i mean i was you know i I really tried to make like riddle smith work for a while when that was in standard Mm -hmm. and it just you know your your creatures are a little too vulnerable and stuff um i definitely am more excited about this in a format with mana morphos and lava dart in it than i am in standard lee Lee brings up a good point Rift bolt turn one spend turn two
1: <laughs> that's kind of sick too. I like it. Yeah, I think it would see play if it was a three-four. Mm-hmm. with, ah. haste. with haste. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're dreaming pretty big here. <laughs> I don't think that would be that
0: absurd. I think if you tack haste onto this card, it becomes well, it a has prom. prowess, yeah. so it's got some stuff going for it. Yeah, I, you do a saying. lot of damage with this thing if you untap with it. Okay.
1: Yeah. Give it, give it one more toughness, and it's definitely playable mm-hmm. with prowess. Yeah,
0: it's fair. It's going to be a little more Battle of Marveler-esque.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, like, Bolt is, like, so huge right now. And, like, the re, like I would want, like, if you had this plus four Phoenixes, like these mm. and, and maybe Thing in the Ice, sure. some, some number, you could probably get together a Blue Red Phoenix again. But the problem is Mono Prowess is so yeah. huge still. It's just, like, a free card to bolt right but if it was yeah. a three four it would make things so interesting because you would need a p- pair with lava dart which is impossible to do and it's pretty fair right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i can
0: behind that yeah i definitely am not like confident that this goes anywhere but there's like some it's like pretty big and if you untap with this it does a lot of damage and it has flying so right but yeah it, it to, like, even even the, like, discounted cost. Like, if you're paying a mana for a spell to enable it, then that's still pretty expensive. And, you know, two is very different from one. And as we've seen from the Prowess decks, like, the best Prowess creatures just cost the least amount. And it doesn't matter what their body is because you're making them huge regardless. So, yeah. yeah. Um, We are getting a Cultivate reprint. So, it's pretty solid. I think that's pretty... Cultivate has been good in pretty much every standard... It's been legal in. We have a lot of good five mana spells. There's going to be spots for it, probably. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to see play in Uro decks. It obviously depends. Like, the ramp strategy is so bad right now. I mean, it's definitely going to see play. There's probably going to be like a green blue Ugin deck.
0: Sure. Yeah, the fact that we're getting Ugin the Spirit Dragon back, which we can, might as well mention. Spoilers. Like, <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, no, no, no. Like, this is just yeah. what we're talking about, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and, the, like, that's a big part of Cultivate's value, is Cultivate gets you closer to an 8-mana spell than most cards that you can cast, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can totally imagine that deck being, like, Arboreal, Arboreal Grazer, Cultivate, Growth Spiral, Burrow. I
0: Maybe. do think Cultivate is better once Growth Spiral rotates out, probably. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's not competing with Gro- the bonkers <laughs> ramp spells.
1: <laughs> yeah, when Growth Spiral was first printed, I was was sold. It was like the most broken card yeah. ever. I made everybody play every single Growth Spiral. I mean, was. it's pretty It's pretty broken. You were. I think you were right for the most part. Well, I mean, like the conditions weren't exactly right at that moment, but sure. they became right yeah. over time. Because it's just that, such a difficult card to evaluate in terms of how many lands you're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. But we soon discovered it was just worth playing more lands to play. Than yeah. The <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: the standard land counts have Risen and Risen and Risen. So
1: Somebody is asking, somebody is saying, I, I think that
0: Ugin won't say you play in standard because of Elspeth Conqueror's death. But I don't think that that's true
1: that's at not all. That's true. Because Ugin has such a high impact when it enters the battlefield. That even though you, if you Elspeth Conqueror's death... I mean, the thing is, it could just be a Bant shell, Right? Like, it could just be Bant ramp, right? Why why wouldn't you want to play Teferi in your Bant in your ramp deck, in order to resolve these big spells. Right, right. So, I, I mean, like, I can totally see it. I can already see it right now. Like, it's just a big bant deck. Mm-hmm. And, I mean...
0: Yeah, I mean, especially now that we're going up to Ugin. Yeah, like, I mean, Nissa The more works lands perfectly.
1: we can get, the better. Yeah, Nissa, we'll two for one. Nissa works super perfectly. Like, it doesn't exile the lands, correct?
0: No, Nissa makes the lands green, right? Oh. So Ugin will we'll exile, exile the land. lands.
1: So it will exile the lands. But it, that doesn't matter. You have Cultivate.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, and I like you know Ugin just is so powerful in these mid range matchups, and it you know it solves the whole Nyssa problem, which very few cards do. Uh, not that Nyssa is, you know, breaking down doors right now, but it will you know it will definitely has that
1: ability. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be wanting it to get banned. We just need something to pair well with Nyssa mm-hmm. L- just like to Te- to got and else with stuff And it's just totally possible the deck will just be like all playing. It'll just be like. Teferi, Earl, Elspeth Conquers That, Ugin, and Nyssa mm-hmm. as your payoffs, and everything else is round. Right, right. And lands. Yep.
0: I keep mind it. Um we have a new planeswalker here in Teferi Master of Time. Two, two blue for a three loyalty Teferi. It, you may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi Master of Time on any player's turn, anytime you could cast an instant plus one is draw a card then discard a card minus three target creature you don't control phases out and <laughs> minus 10 is take two turn two extra turns after this one so when you phase something out it basically you just treat it like it's not there until the beginning of its controller's next turn so it doesn't die to wrath effects or anything uh it doesn't that doesn't trigger like leaves play or comes into play abilities right it's a little strange, but mostly intuitive. You just... Nothing does anything to it. Yeah. Yeah, Teferi is an interesting one. It feels like they've finally printed a not amazing Teferi. Like all the other Teferis <laughs> that they've printed have been, like, you know, phenomenal. Uh, especially the, you know, like, the Teferis we've been playing with recently in Standard. This one is fine, I would say. Like, pretty underwhelming in my mind.
1: Yeah. They'll probably see some play after some amount of rotation. Mm-hmm. But, um... Uh... I honestly think that this card could have had flash.
0: Oh, Nissa doesn't make the lands green. The lands are colorless. I don't know why I thought she made the lands Beautiful. green. Beautiful. So you do keep your lands when you Ugin. That's pretty unreal. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. it's about to get. Then she doesn't
0: clean up other. It doesn't clean up other Nissas, but it lets you get whatever and keep your lands
1: and just kill them. Right. I mean, it's not gonna feel good. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, turn six Ugin is gonna be like so easy yeah
0: uh, yeah anytime you i mean obviously anytime you untapped with nissa in the past it's always been very very good mm-hmm. but definitely with that as an option it's even scared that's way scarier even than a big hydroid crisis on a lot of boards yeah so yeah 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 i mean and if we're cultivating and uroing you know it's not unrealistic that it's like a turn five
1: in. Yeah. yeah so one thing about teferi is i think that they could they missed it if they if this if this Teferi actually had Flash, Mm -hmm. I think that it would see play and I think it would be fair. Interesting. Uh, With Mystical Dispute in the format and uh, the other Teferi in the format, I think it would just be a good fair card.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I could see that. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's obviously, it's definitely on the borderline there of being broken, but it's just such a cool effect. It's like, having cryptic command again, but it's not cryptic command because a lot of the times in order to, uh, like, I could totally imagine like so many spots where you're like, okay, I have to flash in this Teferi and I have to phase that thing out. But it kills the Planeswalker. It's like kind of like a final stand. But like this one, <laughs> it's, it could have been great. Could've yeah. Been
0: great. I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. Like the fact that it's a Planeswalker that you can activate, you know, you know, you have to read the numbers a little bit differently. The plus one is really kind of a plus two. The the minus three is sort of a minus two because you are getting an additional plus one each each turn cycle. Some of the flash planeswalker designs for Teferi that people were trying to pass off as the real thing were definitely really egregious yeah. <laughs> concepts. <laughs> this one, I don't know, doesn't seem like it'll be too nuts, but it it could have a place like. You know, a lot of our good Planeswalkers are five mana, having a decent one at four. Like, a lot of the play that Tamio sees is just because here's a Planeswalker that can do quite a bit of work at four mana, and, you know, maybe that's a thing. But, yeah, I'm not super excited about this one, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, this thing is just going to die to shark typhons all over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Not> everywhere. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and phasing out tokens does not kill those tokens, so, yeah, it doesn't answer those. Um, we got some pretty neat other cards. Um, we got Containment Priest for the first time in a you know modern legal set.
1: I have no comment on that art, but it's fun. It's good for memes. It's good for <laughs> you can you can put your friend in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like a D, it's just like a messy D sphere. Yeah.
0: I saw some people putting Sodek in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, so in
0: terms of its applications, though, in, like, standard, what... Well, humans never things... have to run Dicker's Cage anymore. Okay. Because That's it's fair. Containment Priest is a human. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess you said standard, so... Well, yeah. I mean, all of the formats that it's now in, but, yeah. n- but not before. Right. Yeah. So I think primarily, you know, having this in modern is, is pretty huge, just as a creature that really does hate dredge out pretty well Mm -hmm. and you know there's there's plenty of applications for this card it's yeah like it's good against uro i don't know if that's good enough to make a two mana two two like standard playable Mm -hmm. because there's not a good way to like make use of this yeah definitely not Um, like it's a very clear sideboard card in humans that works against you know several different things like i'm happy to bring it in against like cord company decks or something like that wait is escape an an alternate cast. Oh, it will, it'll work yeah, again. it it does not work against Uro, right? Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it I think does. Escape is just a, an alternate way of casting a card, but you're still right. casting it. You are though. still casting it. And containment priest text is not grafting or cage text. It it doesn't. It, like you can still cast cards
1: from your graveyards. That just makes me <laughs> sad. No, not not <laughs> sad. sad. It just makes me like. What are you doing? <laughs> well, P- containment P- priest. priest. It's for it's for modern.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think it is mostly for modern. I yeah. know, but they yeah. should have
1: just been like uh containment priest part two, the mm-hmm. one that deals with these the other one that deals uh, with Uro. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. right, right.
0: Please. Well, no, no, no. They they want to continue pushing Uro, so they're gonna get the Uro
1: players to be able to put containment priest into their deck and not have any downside. Like I don't, I don't know. Is there like someone <laughs> that's like Simic has sucked for too long? <laughs> We're gonna either oh, have clearly, open... <laughs> yeah, clearly yeah, yeah. that is
0: a thing that happened at some point. And they're
1: like Oko and Earl. One of them will survive. Yeah. We will see which one. Yeah. You know? Well, neither
0: one of them will survive the eventual bannings.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think containment priest does a lot
0: in standard, but it certainly has a, you know a fair number of applications in modern. Probably not that much in pioneer until things change quite a bit in that format if yeah. prized amalgam decks become good in pioneer then certainly containment priest becomes a thing so i really am interested in this card this is lanoir visionary yeah two and a green for a 2-2 elf druid when it enters the battlefield draw a card and has tap add a green it kind of just a merger of my two favorite elves <laughs> yeah <just> visionary <laughs> plus lanoir elves Elvish lanoir Visionary and uh and 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 yeah. Then else. yeah. And perfect. then they just stuck them together in the name like <laughs> yeah. I mean it would have been a little better if it cost one green green but you know it's fine. Well, <laughs> cuz then it's just a But then it's hard to cast. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. Not better in like the better card, right, better right. in, like the in the gluing two cards together my mental image of what
1: this card represents. <laughs> right, right. It basically just needs to have the perfect mana so you can play it in the band deck. Oh, right. I forgot. God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, you're right um yeah i mean this card is pretty sweet and uh, like i wouldn't be surprised like your three mana ramp spell has to like do something else Mm -hmm. and i think that this certainly qualifies as like you know you get to draw a card yeah that's fantastic
1: and it's a body Mm -hmm. has two toughness it's
0: yeah it's great it's
1: too good
0: (laughs) yeah i mean compare this thing to like you know the civic wayfinder that i can't remember the name of because we didn't play it at all the one that gets gates too like this is just so much better than that card cultivate and this card yeah Crazy. yeah if you're trying to like do something on two and then go three five mm-hmm. like these are perfect cards for that right. especially if you're like going farther and like have an ugin eventually on your chain like these are really good cards for that
1: yeah, yeah. i mean the other thing you could be considering from all of this is like oh should i be playing yorion mm. Mm. that's true it's just a good card in a yorion deck yeah like that bant deck that i'm just continuing to put pieces (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) nice
0: i mean in a a number of ways this compares well or invites comparisons to rogue refiner just a three mana body that draws a card and does a thing (laughs) yeah you know it's it's fairly different in that it's ramping you rather than you know giving you this kind of like additional benefit that doesn't matter if it dies or whatever, but you know, they're both very good with a glory bringer type of card. Oh, no, for sure. For different reasons, but yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, this one is specifically good with Nyssa, which is borderline irresponsible to do. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so, so, and it's so free. You know, this card really reminds me of Growth Spiral, and I think it's better than Rogue Refiner. The, the cost on this mm-hmm. card is nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, you know, flashback to Rogue Refiner, it was the beginning of the end for one blue-green. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to, like, two energy, like, was very close to a card. Right. <laughs> and it, just draw it two. Pretty, pretty unreal how that card worked. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of games, you're, you were like, man, I wonder how I get out of this. I guess the only way is if I go Rogue Refiner into X. And then <laughs> you, if you when you did that, you just win these, like, unwinnable games. Right. Rogue Refiner into Chandra. PG. yeah three power is a lot different than two especially if people are making like three three lands and stuff yeah but and it, it kills them a lot less quickly if you know if it's just the last thing around when you got into rogue refiner hits and then like it didn't take very long for a glory bringer to kill them that was mm-hmm. like one of the things that made team, like teamer energy was a very aggressive deck that people didn't always realize was as aggressive as it was
1: yeah. i mean but you had to go like pretty far to make two energies two energy into a card but one power as compared to making a mana Mm -hmm. that's like what (laughs) (laughs) to me that that basically gives it the third card
0: yeah no for sure i can get behind that right you're getting a very real thing on the table yeah in in that it can make mana. mana. yeah yeah it's also about
1: what format it's in right and this is a format that's going to have ugin um nissa and even if it doesn't have ugin and nissa there's also some broken Vivian um that yeah. are not seeing any play yeah <laughs> for yeah no the, the, well for, for <laughs> more we more know than, the reasons
0: yeah. the reasons are you know elspeth conquer's death is one of the biggest ones yeah, yeah true um and that's that's one of the things that like makes the three five plan kind of awkward but you're probably also an elspeth conquer's death Deck. Yeah, you're doing that. You're so. an
1: everything deck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So, yeah, cool cards. Um, definitely interested to see what else comes out of M21. Um, hopefully not too many rare reprints that we already have on <laughs> Arena. Fingers crossed. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a pretty cool set, and uh, I am excited for like if they are willing to reprint Ugin, I'm excited to see what else they're willing to reprint. I'm a little nervous about Ugin. Bittersweet about Ugin because it's just not a fun card to play against. Yeah, just like so many mid rangey, like especially green mirrors, just end up revolving entirely around that
1: card. Yeah. I honestly think they, they could have reprinted Chase the Mind Sculptor and it would look fun it would just be a funny card. It would just be fine. <laughs> I- <laughs> no i'm dead dead serious (laughs) wow at least it dies to elspeth conqueror's death which
0: like there was nothing that you could just respond to a jace the mind sculptor with on an empty board
1: yeah i mean it just dies so easily
0: the new bloodbraid elf is just (laughs) nissa i guess there was right there was bloodbraid elf that that was the main thing but if they had a blocker or something right
1: well bloodbraid elf rotated out and that's when jace really took over right right yeah yeah and it had stoneforge accompanying it Um, They had a lot of things. They had a lot of things. Mana leak. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Day of judgment. You know, like those are cards that are basically existing right now. Right. And since the
0: only way of interacting with it was via creatures and then all of its other spells interacted with creatures, like that, it was very clear what the problem was with that, that format.
1: But I, I just want to say, I would rather have Jace the Mind Sculptor in Standard than Teferi Time Raveler. Interesting. I'm
0: pretty I, I keep behind that. Teferi fairy is, is all sorts of something else.
1: That yeah. effect is unreal. It's just like fundamentally attacks like just just, yeah. like, just like a whole fa- like phase in your game. Ozan, well, I can promise you that we will
0: never get Jace the mind sculptor back. <laughs> that much I can I can guarantee 1000. But as huh? a
1: litmus <laughs> test, but a, as a litmus test to to like see how yeah, right. right. You're just giving an example
0: of how like how nuts these like four and five mana.
1: Bloodbraid Elf would look like a joke. <laughs> well, because <laughs> it would just standard. hit Gross Spiral
0: every time because you have to run Gross Spiral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grow Spiral under Bloodbraid. The,
1: the only good thing that you want to hit off that is to and <laughs> it's not in the right colors. Yeah. Whoa, we'll, whoa. We'll hold like on. <laughs> Do
0: you know the colors of some of these Bloodbraid Elf decks that we played in that Standard? <laughs> Do you have any idea?
1: Uh, Yeah, you're right. There were like five colors, four colors. There
0: were decks where you would cast your Bituminous Blast only in response to your opponent's spells because you were reasonably likely to hit Cryptic Command off of it. So, (laughs) you know, that that was a thing. Nice. Good times. Hilarious. Cool. I think we covered enough for today. Yep. So, Zan, thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, of course. Uh, We... Couldn't not have you in when you're about to play a PT from the room next over (laughs) from this one. So Indeed. Um, Everybody in chat, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, Everybody who is listening at home, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to come check us out, we are trying to be very consistent about live streaming these recordings, trying to kind of build a network of shows on on the channel. So hopefully we will have stuff for people to watch fairly regularly. We are going to be covering... Uh, at least your, maybe Abe's, maybe a couple other people's uh, PT matches, hopefully this weekend. But if you really, for your tournament life, need to switch it to the next weekend, then we can do that. But it be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, we should probably all have a dis- We need to have a lot of discussions to <laughs> right. figure it out. Um, because it's like really tough, honestly. Like this, this PT is like, you can't look back at another PT and be like, okay, this is the PT I need to look at to understand what my decision tree should look like. This mm-hmm. one is, like, so irregular. Mm-hmm. But also, we have a hangout tomorrow where Collins and CCRL are also going to be hanging out. Which is going to be on this channel, right?
0: Yes, hopefully
1: this box. episode
0: will be up in time for that advertisement to mean anything. <laughs> but uh, Wednesdays... Um, oh yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: didn't think about that. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Like...
0: It's totally fine. Uh, Wednesdays, uh, that hangout happens. Tuesdays, we record live. That's all on twitch.tv slash teamleadersbox. box. Mm-hmm. So again, thanks for hanging out. If you want to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash Uh If you want to find us on Twitter, I'm tweeting from at ccr underscore grindcast. These guys are also on Twitter. At Collins Mullen. And at Zan Thanks a lot, and have a great week. Peace.